morning, folks. It's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Good morning, folks. Steve Williamson here. Welcome to Democratic Perspective. We're glad you're joining us again. Today we're talking about, I guess you call it social and unsocial media in Sedona. And we're focusing on, on media here in Sedona and what's happening, um, online. And, um, that's, I have Steve Segner, who's a Hi. major online contributor to everything, right? Well, yeah. I, I I I I speak my mind on on many subjects. Right. So we want to talk about. I, first, let's let's do it. What happens in America is our public spaces, whether they're cyber spaces or they're physical spaces, the ones that were public are getting replaced by private spaces, and the new the new boy in town or girl in town in uh, Sedona. In, in terms of um, media is, is called Next Door. Um, Next Door has about $200 million um, in revenue a year. It was founded in 2008. The, it, 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 here it is. It's an app uh, to encourage neighborliness. It's a very, very uh, and clever mood. The CEO was arrested in 2017 for a hit and run. So we have an organization uh, dedicated to neighborliness run by a guy who he resigned. Um, It's been sold to one of these giant and a very kind of a a very odd thing that I'm not going to go into kind of sale, but it it never has gone uh, public. It has a valuation, I think, about four and a half billion dollars now. So I just wanted to say next door is this friendly looking thing and – and it's your next door neighbors and stuff, but it's controlled by a giant corp- corporation based in San Francisco. It's corporation, and it's a process that is, has some controversy. Uh, controversy about being used for racial pro- profiling by people in neighborhoods profiling other people, if, uh, particularly African American people. It's been used in Seattle. There was a big controversy. Uh, because the wealthy neighborhoods, in, and we have this here in Sedona, too, and in Village of Oak Creek. The wealthy neighborhoods in Sedona, I mean, in Seattle, got almost hysterical about crime. And finally, the mayor said, you know, there's no crime in your neighborhood. You're just, you're getting over the top. You're getting hysterical. Are you reporting on, there is no, there is really isn't any crime there. So he actually criticized the process. So next door is not without its controversies. It's a very valuable resource. I would never say it isn't. It does get people talking to each other. It's fallible. My neighborhood, my little Kachina neighborhood, is divided into two separate neighborhoods. Half of our neighborhood is often some other neighborhood as defined by next door. Next door has become a player in Sedona politics and in the city. And... Um, we can talk about that. I'd, I'd like Steve to to talk now. If you're if you're on line, and Steve Segner is there with very inconvenient facts, irritating facts, um, um, things that you really don't want to hear. 
talking about problems, things you can do and not do. And he gets the most abuse of anybody I've seen on um, on Nextdoor. He was recently banned from Nextdoor for, what, four days? Oh, I get banned every couple of months on, on it, yeah. And uh, it's interesting. I, um, I'm fairly close to the city in the sense that I go to the meetings. I read the literature. I, I know the council people. I call them and I ask questions. When uh, people post, they say, well, what do you think that's all about? Are they making innuendo? The innuendo tends to be negative and, uh, and imply that somebody or something illegal is going on. And what I do is I just call up and find out th- the answer and post it. Uh, a prime example, they were talking on a Brewer Road about putting a little drop-off once an hour with a little eight-person vehicle to take people to uh, trailheads. And I said, that was probably, you know, a good idea. Let's try it and see how it works. And uh, all of a sudden, people went crazy. And all of a sudden, there's going to be a big transportation hub, and it was blowing up. And I said, all I said, I thought it was a good idea to try. I was accused of being uh, a nasty capitalist, uh, all kinds of things. And it was interesting. And, and I came back later, and I said, I I still stand by the idea that we're going to have to put in a transportation system in Sedona. It's going to go in some neighborhoods. And please, let's let the experts do it as opposed to the locals. What happens now is if you disagree, they kind of gang up on you. And um, so it's there's no filter. There's no uh, posting uh, of facts. And... Um, and so uh, this this is is building into where people are getting all worked up over things that aren't there. Right. It's like the the Seattle situation mm-hmm. where they're all worked up about crime. That happens here. There's a bunch of sort of I don't mean to criticize people too harshly, but there's sort of hysterical posts about somebody knocks on their door yeah. for um, for one of the television um, services and they report the person, they take photographs of them, they, they want them turned into the police for knocking on their front door. Yeah. This is the kind of problem they got in well, in, in What in got me Seattle. started in this is that uh, a woman posted that there was a black man stalking her child up at Sunset Park. And all of a sudden, um, I said, well, was he stalking or was he just there? Well, he was, he was there in the bushes. And I said, well, there in t- this is back a few months ago. There was a black man who was living on the street in Sedona. We kind of all knew him, and I knew he slipped, lived up there, and the police even knew him. And I asked her, I said, well, was he really stalking? Well, no, he was over at the edge of the park. And, and I said, well, words are important because you made it sound like your child was in danger. The police were called a black man stalking a white woman with a child. They're going to react a whole lot different than a man sleeping in the bushes. Yeah, and, and I'm and that, seeing a lot of that. And kind that of that thing. that was unfortunate because the police did respond, and he was just a street person. Yeah. But the way people say things, there's no, there's no uh, checking of the facts. And like somebody posted today, there was somebody came to my door solicitating. Well. I was raised as a kid. I used to go door-to-door selling Fuller Brush. My God, somebody comes to your door now, and people don't answer the doors, say, can I help you? They call the police. This 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 is is something I've seen several times on several kinds of posts, and and that's kind of a problem. There There are problems that are not sort of political. For instance, there was one couple that posted that a guy driving a big pickup truck pulling a boat 
almost ran over their dogs in their neighborhood in Uptown. Okay. They put, so I don't have any complaints about them saying that, but they put in the fellow's address, which is the same as publishing his name. The people said, yeah, let's shame the guy. They don't know the facts. <laughs> Look, uh, uh, pe- there's a lot of frightened people in Sedona. You don't know whether almost ran over the dogs was two inches from the dogs or 10 feet from the dogs. What what we know is that the people got legitimately scared for their dogs, and they don't like this guy rolling up the street. Instead of going, it's supposed to be a neighborhood app, instead of going and saying, hey, look, you know, you're, what you're doing is really antisocial. We really don't like it. What they did was try to shame the guy on on next door, who will not even know that people are, are, are be, that he's being shamed. There's no check, Steve, on the on the truthfulness of what they said. I'm not even doubting them. It's just there's no way to check whether they yeah. are, are accurate or not. We well, don't know what well, almost ran over our dogs I, I think, is, I think, means. I, I think words are important again, and I think what we, the word we need to use is gossip. Okay? Now, we all know gossip. We shouldn't do it. We were trained as a kid not to gossip, but it's the inhuman nature. So when you're gossiping to your sister-in-law, that's two people. But when you're gossiping on the Internet, and there's 300 people out there, okay, that, that's wrong. And, and this, a lot of this is just gossip because they'll say things like, well, I heard that the, uh, uh, this, this counselor uh, – has a, a partner in that business. Now, that's all gossip. Okay, It's all innuendos. And most of what you read, if you look at it, you'll see it's almost always an innuendo or a statement. Well, those people that, you know, the city council, those people, they're doing this, are those greedy businessmen. So it's a way to take their frustration out. I get that. But it's there's no facts at all. Listen, now, if you come up and said, hey, we just found out uh, this factual thing about this city council person, they actually own a piece of this hotel and they're going to vote on it next week, that's news. But there's never news like that. No, there's never news like that. Uh, I would go to the the point, uh, folks, and the Sedona City Council is about as unreceptive to. bribery and and all of that stuff as it could be. It's made up of wealthy retirees, let's yeah. be honest. Either wealthy retirees or, or, or people who've spent their life in public service yeah. who never wanted to get rich yeah. or never tried they're, to get they're, rich. Yeah, they're, so it's the most infertile soil you could ever do any corruption. Yeah. I've been in Sedona. She's been here longer than I have. I have never seen any evidence of any corruption by any member of the council, conservative, liberal, independent, whatever, in 20 years. No, I, I've, I've met most of them, and it's interesting. Every city council people complain against, and there's, yeah. so there's like 25 people yeah. that they've complained <laughs> against. And I find I disagree with a lot of them, but that's fine. I shouldn't, dis- I shouldn't agree with most of them. The idea is you're going to have, I think, seven people with different ideas that are going to vote. It may not be what you want, but this idea in Sedona has gotten around that somehow the city council is supposed to listen to the the, the people. Well, th- that sounds good if you just say it, but listening to five people on a street corner or 22 people on a certain street yeah. is is not their job. Their job is to kind of sit back and represent 8,000 people who live here, 10,000 people who work here. And what these people don't realize is their job is also to represent the 30,000 people that visit. Mm. Okay, When you come across and step in the border in Sedona, 
you're a Sedona resident. Yeah, I I think that's a good point. Then there's a complete lack of corruption, as I can, yeah. as far as I can tell, in Sedona city government. There never has been any corruption. And these slimy smear movies like The Heartbreak of Sedona, made by a, a group who we don't even know who it's made up with. What strikes me is that this group can make up a, a highly produced propaganda film filled with vague images of people exchanging money. They never say Councilman X did Y because then they would get sued. They make it general. They try to create an atmosphere of corruption that doesn't exist. It is fundamentally so dishonest. So I was talking to Steve before the show, and I'm working on a, an article, what I call Anatomy of a Smear, which is about um, the heartbreak of Sedona film. We still don't really know who made it, who funded it, or anything else. We know that the Re Republicans of Red Rock used it successfully to further their cause. That we know. That's fact. Who made it is still unclear. But I'm investigating I, uh, the, the, for an article. I hope, folks, if you have any information on uh, how it was formed, who who uh, who financed the film and rest, you'll, you'll send it to me, care of vvid.org. I am working on that. There's a lot of work to do. It's a – that whole controversy, Steve, which you were deeply involved in, is – Sort of a, a, a slightly scary example of they put on a propaganda film. You don't know who did it. People buy into it, right? With uncritically, they don't know who made it. You know, if you, you know, I like the New York Times. New York Times has a long reputation. They've made some bad mistakes <clears throat> in the past supporting the, one of the wars in Iraq, but you, they have a long record, and they apologize and correct things. Here you have an anonymous source, and I, I see these posts like, this film has opened my eyes to corruption. In All right, so what the, what the film does is it weaves uh, a lot of different things, um, and um, I will try to, I try to illuminate it, but what it does is there's a lot of different facts. There's the fact that there was a gentleman named Mr. Galloway who wanted to build a division all we need is another subdivision with, you know, $19 million houses. I don't think anybody on the council or anywhere else really is enthusiastic about that idea. And so they would denounce that as a big part of conspiracy. But he owns the property as of right, and he's building, he's building houses, Steve, that he can legally build. He's asked one small variance for a road to connect his property – there's lots of laws. What I, what I see people is people don't understand how constrained the city is. If you put in a plat, if it's legal, if you put in a proposal that's legal, the city council, if they were to turn you down for no good reason, would be open to, to lawsuit, right? And the people don't realize the zoning laws even apply to the city. So if the city is going to do a building, they have to follow the zoning laws. That that plot behind Tlacopaki and Las Avogados they're talking about, I was involved with. Um, design group architects do up a whole plan where they're going to put the, a park on Brewer Road. And part of it was going to be some condos or rentals that Los Avogados was going to have. Well, they went bankrupt. And when it went bankrupt, uh, I approached the city about, hey, that property's coming up and a uh, good chance to pick it up for a park. Uh, it was zoned. A special zoning that can only be zoned for a park, so it was mm -hmm. never buildable. 
So the city was able to pick it up fairly inexpensively because it wasn't his own commercial. Well, with it came some property across the street going up the side of the hill that design group had done a big a big program plot for. The homes would be lower and there'd be some vineyards and there'd actually be a school up in there. And that was the idea. And it was zoned for that. So uh, Galloway picked that parcel up. It's zoned to build houses. It was zoned back 15 years ago to build houses. Well, when the neighbors got word of it a few months ago, they thought it was a conspiracy, all brand new. He was going to do it. It's all old news. Almost everything that they they jump on is old news. Somebody posted the other day that it was interesting. The, the forest road the coming down from the Hyatt mm-hmm. was drawn and paid for by the city in a plan 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I actually pulled the old plans out, and nobody on the city council even knew it. Mm. So there's so much thing, old things as history. And I, what I tend well, to do is go find Galloway's, it. They Galloway's plan act like it was uh, going to happen any time. Yeah. But in truth, in, uh, he presented it in 2015, Steve, but he didn't have the money uh, yeah. or the economic backing to even file it. Well, the same thing. And now, uh, it is true that once you get the plat approved, you can come back and... and well, with- what, what happens is most people in Sedona never went to high school uh, civics class. So they don't understand the separation of county and city and zoning regulations. A prime example, they'll say, oh, there's all these hotels going up on Snebley Road. Well, it's zoned for hotels. People are allowed to, to put together a plan and they take it to the city. Then the city looks at it and says, we think it follows the plan or it doesn't. And then if the city kind of thinks that it follows the plan, then it goes to zoning. And then zoning says, we think it follows the plan or it doesn't. And then it has to go to the city council, and they do the same thing. Now, if anywhere along that line there's an arbitrary reason they throw it out, those builders have a right to sue. And and usually they'll win. So... It's when people say this is happening, it's not happening. It just means the pipeline is starting. There are two hotel developments on Snebley Road that are zoned for hotels. Now, whether they'll go through, I'm, I think it is very doubtful because this is a long process. It takes two or three years. I think that's an excellent point. An yeah. awful lot of proposals get started and yeah. don't happen. Yeah. And the, the thing is, and the other point that I, that I think you make is a point, is people don't seem to distinguish what's the city and what's the county. So out in West Sedona, they're complaining about this guy built a giant house. It's very intrusive. It's terrible looking. They hate it. It's destroying their property values, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And why isn't the, why isn't the city doing something about it? And I, I wrote him and said, it's, it's not in the city limits. Well, and it's in the county limits. If you, you know, and I said, if the guy spent $2 million on the house, He's probably got the zoning down. Well, but, he wouldn't spend that kind but, of money without checking that he can do it. But the point is, is that the cities don't get involved in the aesthetics of building. Okay? And people say, how they allow that? The city has no right to say what the look of that building is. Now, they can tell you what color to paint it. Yeah. And they can tell you what the setbacks and the size are going to yeah. be. But who are these people to say their aesthetics and their idea of art is should they be the overriding? I know the house. Actually, I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And I'm I find it, it's eclectic, and I think he's an eclectic person. And I I I pat him on the back. But 
Who are these people to say that their view of their southwestern little home has to fit this little box? I think they have a right to to to, to their opinions. Yeah, that's right. I think they have a right to campaign, but they but. What frustrates me is they're not bothering to learn where the city is and where it isn't, what's county, what city. Uh, we get people denouncing the Sedona City Council for stuff happening in the BLC. Mm-hmm. We get all these uh, letters to the editor and stuff, my tax dollars, and, they, and, and in truth, who's paying most of the taxes well, for Sedona? Let's look at it this way. The people complain that it takes them 20 minutes on a Friday afternoon to get from the village to Sedona. Okay, that's a village problem. Okay, I happen to live in Sedona. I travel in Sedona. I don't really have that much trouble. Now, do I realize on, a, on do I go to the Ace Hardware at three in the afternoon on Friday? I probably don't because I realize that's not a good time to go. But even when I did, I timed it the other day. It never takes me more than fifteen minutes to get from Tlacopaki to anywhere in town. I have people coming up to the Sac Studio in Uptown mm-hmm. Sedona who tell me it takes forty-five minutes. I have people arriving early and late because they cannot yep. necessarily calculate the amount of time. Yep. It is for folks who live there genuinely frustrating, and and the traffic. Look, what I what bothers me, Steve, is these people. Like I moved to this quiet little country mm-hmm. town, and now there's traffic and there's tourist hill. Well, I moved here 20 years ago, and there were already three million tourists coming just to Sedona or through but, Sedona. But why you moved here, or anybody moved here, I could care less. We well, all moved here. For something, but you can't impose that on other people. Nobody, now we're, we're yeah. a tourist town. You you moved knowingly to a tourist town. You moved on Morgan Road, as an example, okay. that's been a a Jeep road for. 45 years, and then two years into your living there, you say, oh, my God, there's all these Jeeps. What is the city going to do about it? And the point is the city's not going to do anything. They might mitigate it a bit. They might put a slowdown sign. They could put some trouble bumps, but you're going to have to make a decision. Do you live with it or do you move? Now, I moved from California because it got busy. And it took me an hour and 40 minutes to get to work. And I didn't expect the L.A. Council to make my life any easier by changing the roads. I just realized it was time for me to move from L.A. Now, you may move to Sedona, and it may become too touristy for lots of reasons. Prop 13, uh, 1350, uh, there's more Airbnbs. Sure, Things are changing, and they'll get to a point where you're going to say, it's not the town I want to live in. Then move. That's been happening for years. I mean, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, Sedona was actually the quiet little western mm-hmm. town that people are talking about. I know people who've been here. Mm-hmm. I worked with people who mm-hmm. were there at the time. It had one rest, They had one bar restaurant. Mm-hmm. They had one gas station. They had another restaurant. It was, it was tiny. Everybody knew everybody. It was really in the originally a small town it hasn't been that way in decades no, no. and I, I i'm sympathetic to the to the people who felt driven out of sedona by it turning into this big tourist place but you know i, I don't know when i i knew it was going to be 
bigger and bigger tourism, Steve, when yeah. I looked at the yeah. place. It's so beautiful. I, I moved here 25 years ago because I knew it would be a good investment. I knew that it was surrounded by federal lands so that the internal donut hole would go mm-hmm. up in value. I invested millions of dollars in real estate here. I work seven days a week at my business because I like it here. Uh, as it gets busier, doesn't bother me at all because I like the tourists. I meet the tourists. I talk to them when I go to the local restaurant. I usually say, where are you from? I talk to them. It can be a positive experience or it can be a negative experience if you want it to be. You can sit home and say, I can't get into a local restaurant. That wouldn't have been here, by the way, if we were a tourist town. There's How many towns of 8,000 people have more than a Denny's? Yeah. Okay. But, pretty but people are genuinely, genuinely frustrated, Steve. They're genuinely, I mean, this last spring vacation break. Now, I've been here, like I say, almost 20 years, and spring break was always filled with lots of traffic from mm-hmm. people. And it varied from year to year for, for how different schools and, and school systems uh, distributed right. their, their spring break. And sometimes it was all at once, and sometimes mm-hmm. it was scattered over six weeks, you know. So it varied a lot. But it's always been there. But what happened this last thing, spring, Steve, I think people, the traffic was so bad, it really put people over the top. And you have people who are so angry about it that they're, they're not thinking. They're not thinking. They're, they don't know who controls the roads. They don't know the history of the, of the, of the, of, the, of 179 coming into Sedona. Um, and, and I think, what I think, Steve, is that you, do a lot of research for your businesses. Mm-hmm. And most people who are in business do a lot of research and try to understand things before they do something. And people in the professions, you learn about your profession. And what we have is what you were saying earlier, is people going from gossiping with their friends to going super live on Nextdoor or on Facebook. That's what we have. And they're using the same values like, oh, there's, you know, well, one, one person was complaining about the noise from the airport. Right. Now, there is noise from the airport. But, you know, my brother moved under the airport and there was noise. And, you know, it was an airport was already there. And one person, she wanted um, she wanted planes to only be coming in and out of the airport in hours convenient for her. Yeah. Well, there's, where, there's it's one. It's astonishing. Well, you know, the trouble is in, in the city, I think the city's at fault a little bit for even getting involved First of all, it's an FAA regulation, and FAA trumps everything. You can have absolutely no input on taking off a landing of an airplane. There's people who want the helicopters to file fly a, a certain path. Mm-hmm. Well, that's totally voluntary. The chamber and the city work to work that out. There's one woman in Jack's Canyon who has, has done over 200 complaints Mm. 200 because she sees them out in jack's canyon they come over her house yeah. so she's done everything and, and and made a big uproar over this it's perfectly a, it's perfectly legal they have to be a a, a certain elevation Absolutely. above, they're, they're, the, above, yeah. above yeah. but houses. she didn't want them to fly over the canyon at all and so the but the people take on these little things that what happens then they get on social media and this little person who's complaining about her private peeve now all the other some people are saying well why isn't the city but doing Steve, something if, if other people have the same peeve mm-hmm. that's that's fair if i go yeah. on and say um i don't like helicopter well the helicopters fly over 
wilderness areas. Yeah, I, I don't like them flying over wilderness yeah. areas. I talked to the Forest Service. They say, well, they have to be up above right. a certain pe- feet. If you see them flying down low, take a picture. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really yeah. get no, a pers- picture in perspective yeah. to prove yeah. that but they're the, flying the, below. The point I'm trying to make to is, is they'll say, why doesn't the city do something about that? We hear that. Why doesn't the city do this? Or why did the city allow this? And all I say to people is, let's really stop and say, what is the responsibility of the city? The city was laid out 30 years ago zoning. We have almost 16 miles of roads between one end of town to the other that are zoned commercial. Most cities would have four blocks of commercial. Now, the city's been very restrictive on hotels over the years. There are not a lot of hotels in town. Only 180 rooms in the last five years have been put in in hotels. So there was a pent-up demand to come to Sedona and stay. Never enough rooms on the weekends, and they were expensive. Well, guess what? When 1350 got passed and anybody could turn their home into a hotel, a thousand hotel rooms new opened up in homes. So Sedona now is a giant hotel. Okay. The problem is it's really hurting the neighborhood. It's, it's, it is, and it's I mean, it's, I have it's people in, S, in SU, um, uh, ATVs roaring around Absolutely. my neighborhood. Um, a lot of it's pretty nice. I mean, we have yeah. sometimes yeah. there'll be a group of bicyclists yeah. and they'll come by or skateboarders. I, think, I mean, sometimes yeah. they have no Ninety percent of the time, 95, I think it's fine. And everybody's going to focus on the 5%. It's like the people on Morgan Road saying, well, some people roar up it. Well, they do. But most of them don't. So what I'm getting at is it's a fact that it's not going to change, okay? We have a 1,000 new residential houses that are turned into commercial producing uh, entities. Um, we're going to have to learn to live with that. Now, yelling at the city or yelling at the county is not going to do anything. You can talk to the governor, but even if the governor rescinded the law, those homes would be grandfathered in. So I'm pragmatic. If, if it's not going away, I need to change my point of view and learn to live with it. Next door seemed to uh, get um, mad at me. And um, what I said was somebody was accusing all Sedona problems were the result of the city council. And I went on and said, nobody says this because Democrats don't say it because they want it to be a bipartisan issue. And Republicans don't say it because they're responsible for it. The Republican governor, Republican think, think tanks like the Goldwater Institute, some law. of these wrote the law. Mm-hmm. They negotiated the law without really any real debate, mm-hmm. and they put in the law that has damaged Sedona. So the truth is the Republican Party is largely responsible for that law. The Republican Party is even responsible for the street legality mm-hmm. of of ATVs. This is not true all over the country. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear these things on Net, Net Store where they say, well, in Hawaii – well, dude, yeah. you know, this yeah. is not it's, exactly Hawaii. I always know? tell people you don't go to the electric company to turn on your water. Yeah. Okay? You go to the right entity to handle the problem. The state is the entity that put this in place. The state is the entity to fix it. The the city can can mitigate to a point, and I think they've been a very good job of trying to, 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 to do the right thing. But a prime example is... Uh, we we need we have almost no apartment buildings in this town, almost right. none. But we try to build an apartment building in this town, and people come out of the woodwork. They're not against apartments; they just don't want it in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, we, an inclusive town can't be made up of people 65 years and old. Those places are designed; they're called Sun City. 
and they're down in the valley and they're manicured and they're perfect and there's never change and you go there and you die, okay? If that's what you want, go there. But don't turn Sedona into Sun City. Our school system is hurting and it's only hurting not because it's not good. It's great. They don't have any children. Right. You don't have 57 to 65-year-olds having children. We need 30-year-olds. None we- of the single people that I worked with when I started in working in business mm-hmm. here in 2004, I guess it was, the, all the guys who lived and didn't have a partner and lived in a – all their apartments are gone. Yeah. The the when I when I moved here, there were still a lot of people who lived in Sedona and worked in Sedona. It wasn't like it was ten years before that, where almost everybody who worked in Sedona lived in Sedona. Now it's down to what percentage? It's almost it's, none. Almost, almost none. none. What happened? Sedona was interesting, and I see it because I have in the hotel. A lot of the homes were bought by people from Chicago and New York and Philadelphia, and they put renters in them, and this was going to be their retirement home. So in the meantime, they rented it out on a monthly basis, and they got 800 to $1,200 a month for a house. And those were, those were rented by the local employees, the employees of the hotels and, and the city employees and the firemen and policemen, and they all rented these homes. Then when 1350 came along, well, now I can rent my house out at $300 a night, I can rent it out three, four nights a month and make more money. So all of a sudden, a thousand people got kicked out of homes. A thousand new hotel rooms were made overnight, and the traffic doubled on 89A. And what you see now in the afternoons, you see commuter traffic. You see all our employees leaving work at 3.30 and 4, driving to the village, driving to Camp Verde, and then in the mornings you see them coming to work. We didn't used to have that because they just lived around the corner. I, when I moved to Sedona, I said to people, I said, it's so different from living in Manhattan. You can get from anywhere to anywhere in 10 minutes. Yeah. Long gone. That yeah. is just not happening. Um, but, but And the number of people who can work in Sedona. When I moved here, Steve, there was always a conflict between retirees who generally wanted one pattern of things, people who worked here who wanted strong businesses to employ us and so we could make money, we wanted tourists. When I was in the Jeep, mm-hmm. Jeep we wanted tourists here, you know. And and the other was was visitors. And what's happened is the workers have disappeared as, as one of this, this, this tripod holding up Sedona, that Sedona was about. Most of them have moved on. Even fairly high-paid people, I understand, mm-hmm. Steve, cannot find a place in Sedona. Well, we have doctors. They can't keep doctors out at, out of the hospital because they can't find homes. Our city manager, who who makes more money than anybody in the city employ, has a hard time finding a home in Sedona and affording a home. It, it's very, very when a when an average house starts at nine hundred thousand dollars and then needs several hundred thousand dollars worth of work. Is it really that bad? It's that. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely. $800,000 is the starting price. Now, wow. now, that's for an okay two-and-a-half-bedroom house, maybe up on view. Um, I sold a house on view two years ago for $500,000, and it needed another $170,000 worth of work. Mm-hmm. Um, those homes are all starting at $800,000 now. We we look because we're we're – our employees need work. I'm building an employee house right now. To build a 1,000-square-foot employee house, 
on land I already own is going to cost me four hundred thousand right. dollars. It's just impossible. It's then. impossible. So we we are at a crisis mode now. We have other hotels that want to be built here. I think one thing that'll stop hotel being built here. Employees, there won't be enough employees. All right. See, people are uh, uh, all right. It's consensus I hear on these sites, and I, I know that that people are going on the sites and they're complaining and talking like they're talking to their friend. Mm-hmm. And when and they expect everybody to agree with them, like mm-hmm. their buddies exactly. do. And when somebody like you comes along and stakes a whole bunch of facts and information, they get really, really angry. Yeah. I I understand that process, but the city they're. The amount of but the amount of traffic is really bad part of the year, and then most of the year there's there's some of it. Uh, people are really frustrating, but, frustrated, and they're blaming the city of but, Sedona. But, but I wonder what frustration is self-inflicted. Okay, now think about it for one second. Well, we got a Buddhist here, huh? Your, your frustration is your problem. Now, if you go to Newport Beach in California. On in August Saturday, you'll wait 45 minutes to move two and a half miles to get to the beach. That's been since 1950. Yeah. People, we are a beach town now. So if you're going to go back to this Buddhist philosophy a little bit, that okay, let's do it. You can't change what's not changeable. So you need to accept. And all I'm trying to do to people is say, what I hear is magical thinking. Somebody posted, well, if we can put somebody on the moon, we can certainly fix the traffic. That's magical thinking. You're not going to uh, widen 89A coming in from the village to five lanes. And if you did, guess what would happen? It would fill up. California has showed us you can't build your way out of traffic. So the traffic is part of it. So what you do is you moderate your life and the times you travel to work with the traffic, or if it gets to the point where you don't like it, you find the next smaller town. But all small towns that you want to live in, other people want to live there too. And guess what? They grow. So what I see is that most of the problems, including even the traffic, uh, which the state has done very, very little to mitigate, uh, I mean, Sedona has uh, such uh, the town has limited resources. The state has a lot more resources. Um, uh, ADOT could have done a lot more to, with the traffic, I think, both both in Sedona, but also in the unincorporated areas. I know people yeah. who who Steve, who bought a, a beautiful house up the canyon and there were so many they couldn't get out of their driveway. People don't know what to do. They weren't. It's improved now. But there were people didn't know they were all over their yard. They were doing various unpleasant things inside of their their but, living room. But I, I have a place up the canyon, and I under, and it has improved a thousand percent. Uh, the, the traffic coming down, I could never come down from the canyon on a Saturday ever in the afternoon. Now I can do it in 20 minutes. Now, normally it's eight minutes. Is it tw- but I understand it's 20 minutes on the weekends. But that's inevitable. You know why it's inevitable? People keep having children. Okay, when I got out of high school, there was 187 million people in America. Now we're approaching 330. It's probably going to go to 500 million people. Maricopa County is the fastest growing county in America. Um, You've got Surprise and all these cities. Buckeye is the fastest growing city in America, I think. So 
How can you have all these things going on and not expect people to find the only place they can get away to within a 100-mile radius, Sedona? Sedona. It is it is so popular in Phoenix. I, I have limited experience, but when I've gone down and talked to younger people, our Sedona is where they go. It's, yeah. You know, and they're afraid to go to Mexico now. They can't go to Mexico. So this is like their beach. They well, go up, and, and, up, up and, in the canyon. And, and, and there's been a, a big shift since the pandemic. Our clientele in the hotel business was 55-plus Easterners. Uh, and then Californians. Right now, it's totally flipped. It's 35-year-old millennials. They're from Phoenix, California. I have my hotel today is full of people from New York, downtown New York. The millennials have found the West, yeah. and they are travel bugs, and they don't go for a place for a week and plop like in Hawaii. There are three days here, two days here, three days here. So they're going from here to Page to mm. uh, Utah. That's our new clientele. You know what they do in the morning? They don't eat breakfast. They get up at 6. They go hiking. They do f- three or four hikes. Then they come back and they have a, a good dinner at night. That, if you look at That's three- why the, the attacks on the, on the um, city council, but on, mostly on the Chamber of Commerce for their advertising, sort of because the Chamber of Commerce was advertising sort of off-season. They were advertising to wealthy people right. in a few specific areas. But that's not what, so if that was causing all the problems, that would be no, when all the no, traffic and, is. And we, but it, all the traffic is not then. All no. the traffic is spring vacation, winter, well, but here's winter you, vacation, but when you have, all vacation. When you have 1,000 new hotel units open up, and those are homes, that's, that's about 15,000 cars. Trips back and forth every day. One, 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 um, um, short-term housing unit will create eight travel trips. So I want you to think about a thousand new homes opened up and times eight trips. That's your traffic. Now, today's not going to be that bad. The season's slowing down. Yeah. But on weekends and Fridays, those those places all fill up. The other thing is, folks, there's things that are illegal and things you can do something about. Where we moved, we have an apartment house across the way. It has filled usually with five or six cars, younger people. I've heard really violent fights at night. I've heard crying babies and dogs. It's not what ideally, but it's completely legal. There's nothing I can do about it. Across the way, the other way is 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 a... um, driveway that goes straight up a hill. I thought there was one house there. There's like four houses in an AT, in a, uh, a short-term rental. And so the people come there and they gun their cars to go up the hill. Mm-hmm. There's nothing illegal about it. There's nothing I can do about it. There's always – Sedona is not going to be perfect for any one person. It's not going to be – you are not going to get no. the exact Sedona you want, no. whether you're Steve Segner or – Yeah, You know, I'm reading a book right now. It's called Happy City, and it's, it's a study of what makes a city happy. And really what it comes down to, uh, the really happiest city is where people interact. So you can choose to not interact, and you will be an unhappy person. But if you choose to react with the people in your surroundings and your neighbor, you will be a much more happy person. I think a lot of the negativity we see on Nextdoor and a lot of the – I mean, it's being used to, to spam and scam people, yeah. but it, it, it politically uh, – but I think a lot of that is, just, Steve, is just immaturity. Mm-hmm. People are going on next door and they're talking to it like they're talking to their buddy who always agrees with them. And they're finding out that other people don't always agree yeah. with them. And they want to do something about a house, but there's no legal way they can do anything about the house. 
what bothers me is they're not bothering to learn enough about the city to understand what the city can and yeah. can't do. Um, we have to wrap it up, folks. We're interested. Again, I'm working on an article about this uh, smear film called uh, uh, Heartbreak of Sedona. We're trying to find out who funded it. Um, and I'd like to do a profile of how it expanded out to get 445 replies. Uh, so um, uh, that's one thing we're working on. We want to thank Steve Segner. He, 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 he's supported the show for, for, for a long time. I'd like to thank, thank the Democrats of the Red Rocks. Uh, I'd go to their website to find out what they're up to. I hope they will start having breakfast um, in person. And also the Yavapai Democratic Party. Um, county party has also supported us. And none of these people have ever asked for any editorial voice in what we do, ever. Not a single one in the 10 years we've been on. Thank you very much for being with us. Join us next week. You've been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day.